0: What's going on, Giants fans? Uh, Welcome to the latest episode of our Talk is Cheap podcast from NJ Advanced Media, The Star Ledger, and NJ.com. Daryl Slater here with Bob Brookover. It's Tuesday evening um, right now, and a lot to digest uh, from, I mean, we're not going to talk a lot about the Jets, but... The last two days at MetLife Stadium, just completely almost unfathomable things happening. Obviously, everyone knows the Giants losing 40 to nothing to the Cowboys on Sunday night. And about 24 hours later, the Jets put together like one of the craziest games in the history of their franchise. And they have plenty of those and plenty of insane things that have happened to them. Everyone knows by now Aaron Rodgers off for the year with a torn Achilles tendon, four snaps into his. Jets career and then the Jets defense puts on a show and they and they win on a on a punt return in overtime from an undrafted rookie Xavier Gibson and um yeah so I, I covered both those games and i'm i'm completely fried right now just from from the late nights and um just everything that happened it was just so much to take in um and and again we were not, we don't need to talk too much about the Roger stuff um though i do i will well, we can mention one kind of tie into the Giants um, that I'll get to, but um, Bob, how you doing? And are you caught up on some sleep from Sunday night yet?
1: No, I'm, I only covered one of the two games and I'm completely fried, but I'm, I'm almost twice as old as you. So that would explain that, but no, I'm, I'm actually feeling pretty good.
0: You're not, you're um, not 82 years old. Bob.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I enjoyed watching the jets game from my couch. Um, and it was a wild game to watch. Uh, you know, much much more entertaining uh, than the the game I'd seen the night before at MetLife or or should we now call it JetLife? Should
0: yeah,
1: uh, yeah, that's uh, certainly Aaron Rodgers attempted to coin that.
0: And this uh, now that you know that October 29th Jet Giant game, which had so much juice, um, obviously it's still big for both of these teams. You know, neither team's season is sunk, even though the Giants are own one and the Jets. Don't have their quarterback, uh, they do have a great defense, so at that point that's the seventh game of the season for the Giants, the Jets because they have a bye week. It's the eighth for the Giants.
1: Um, the great question right now is who would you rather be? <laughs> yeah, I still think it, I
0: think the Giants for sure because they still have everything intact, but um I mean, would you agree?
1: Yeah, I'd rather have the jets defense, but uh, but man. yes when you, when yeah. you lose your quarterback, I'd rather have my starting quarterback yes anytime. Their defense
0: is absolutely nasty, and that's gonna maybe keep them afloat. Not maybe not the whole season, but I think there's a possibility that Jet Giant game um, is going to still be relevant. I mean, seven. Then now the Jets have an absolute gauntlet coming up here. They got to play the Chiefs and the Eagles, not in this order, obviously. And then they get. We know they got the Cowboys next week in Dallas, who just shredded the Giants. And uh, yeah, so we'll see. We'll talk. Uh, you know, that we got plenty of time down the road to talk Jet Giant game even with a little bit of luster off the game of Aaron Rodgers out for the year. I will say this, uh the Jet the Giants, or the Jets rather, are looking for quarterbacks. Like they're gonna bring someone in, right? It's not gonna be Tyrod Taylor. But Tyrod Taylor is a free agent after this year. Uh next year, if say Rodgers can't <coughs> come out, he doesn't come back, uh what are they, what do they do? Do they go to the stopgap route? If they do, they have a little bit of a giant tie in there, maybe they go with the stopgap route with Tyrod Taylor. There's plenty of other options, but it's just one name to throw out there. Of a guy that they could um, maybe sign next year, if Zach Wilson's a total disaster, and the other if is if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to doesn't want to do it anymore. We'll see. We'll see.
1: Yeah, it's a it's, there's plenty of time to, to sort that out. But it is, it was just an amazing thing to to watch. Uh, I was sitting on the couch watching with my wife, and she's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and she's not even a Jets fan, but you're like, "No, that can't that can't be really happening. That didn't <laughs> happen." But I, it's- it's almost one of those things that
0: you can't even make up. Like, even in your worst nightmare as a Jet fan, and you're the most pessimistic Jet fan, um, yeah, I just it, the Jet,
1: I, I kind of felt the way the night before, too. As I was, yeah, as I watched that Giants game unfold in the first 10 minutes, you know, you're like, okay, that was a great drive that ended with a touchdown for the other team. Uh, okay, that. They got the ball back and they popped it out for a fumble, Saquon Barkley, or interception. It was ruled eventually, whatever it was, for a touchdown. That didn't just happen. Then the Giants got the ball back and um, Daniel Jones throws an interception, and there's another touchdown. Comes another touchdown. I, I can't believe what I'm watching. I, think <laughs> and, I that a lot. This, a this
0: trump that. <laughs> it did. I mean, the Giants getting pounded and the Cowboys winning like they did is the biggest story in, in sports in America for a day. And then it became Rogers. So that stadium saw some insane stuff, tons of it, it from the broad to the to the more micro stuff. As you alluded to, all those plays, uh, yeah. And maybe the Xavier Gibson thing will become a footnote in history, but certainly an in, in, insane way to end that game. I think it was like the third time ever a game had ended uh, with a punt return. Uh, touchdown in overtime like that, walk off in overtime. So, um, yeah, just switching gears totally now to the Giants. Let's contextualize this. It was the Giants' worst home loss since 1943. Uh, World War II was still going on. Anyone, you know, uh, most people know that World War
1: II was still going on in 43. You pointed out Wellington Mara was fighting in it.
0: I, I'm not, yeah, he, he did fight in World War II. I'm not sure if he was over there at that time. He was right. 20, 27 years old. John Mayer, I think, was 11 years away from being born. So right. the worst Giants home loss in 80 years, uh, 40 to nothing. Uh, their worst regular season loss since 1973 to the Raiders. Uh, I think that was a 42 nothing or something like that. And then their worst overall loss since 1993, the playoff loss, 44 to three. Oh, against also their
1: worst loss ever in New Jersey.
0: <laughs> yeah, very true because uh, those – Latter two games I referred to, of course, were Raiders in the road, Niners a candlestick in 93 in the divisional round of the playoffs, 44-3. A lot, you know, Giant fans remember that one. Uh, and the 1943 game was at the Polo Grounds. Um, so, the other
1: New York Giants were still playing there.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that just goes to show you how uncommon this was. It's the second biggest margin in the Cowboys-Giants series ever, at 123 games, including one in the playoffs. So 123 games now. There's one from the 66, I think it was 52-7. to that the Cowboys won but the biggest margin for either team not just not just the Cowboys so I that's also, what... I also
1: went back and looked at Brian Dables lifetime as a coach yep. which started in 1997 as a graduate assistant at William and Mary and he had and, and then I also looked at his time as a player uh I believe it went to Rochester right yes um, that's right. and he he had never lost or he had only one loss in his entire career was worse than that one. And that was his, oddly enough, it was his first game as offense coordinator with the bills. So he lost 47 to three at Baltimore.
0: Crazy. Um, uh, so it hasn't been that long, but it's very rare. It's very rare no matter how you slice it for an NFL team to lose a game 40 to nothing. It just doesn't happen. Um, the game clearly got away from the giants and we can get into all the reasons why and how they go about more importantly, fixing these things. Um, I think, to me, we, we just have to start because this affects everything going forward here now. Um, we'll start up front. The Giants line, uh, now, granted, obviously, they had to throw the ball to come back, but they just got destroyed. The Giants now in the last three games, a great stat you dug up. They've been out-sacked 15 to nothing by the Cowboys. Of course, all those games are losses. We all know the stat now. Giants 1-12 against the Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys and Eagles continue to own the Giants. I, I mean, I don't know if there's much else to say about that other than that. To me, the gap is still really large, and that gap coming up another matchup against Cowboys, two against Eagles. The Giants' offensive line they got to figure out a way to, to contend with these two really awesome defensive fronts and other awesome defensive
1: fronts, including the Niners. Absolutely. If they don't, you know, and you know, it's not like this wasn't known. I mean, you know, the. the the, the greatest fear, at least in my mind, going into this season was is the offensive line good enough to make uh give Daniel Jones time to get to the weapons that he's added? And it and it wasn't um it wasn't in the opener. It, it wasn't even close to good enough. I mean, there wasn't anybody that played well. Uh and that includes Andrew Thomas, uh who we'll get to more about him short sure in a little, a little bit because of his hamstring
0: injury. Yeah, so Just how poorly did the Giants' offensive line play, you ask, right? We know what, however many sacks that they gave Mm -hmm. up. um, Pulling up the pro football focus. Seven sacks.
1: Um, Go ahead, dude.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, there we go. Pass blocking. Uh, The Giants allowed 27 pressures in that game. and in terms of the biggest culprits, Mark Lewinsky will add nine pressures. Evan Neal will eight. Andrew Thomas will add three. John Michael Schmitz, three. Ben Bredesen, two. So And then Darren Waller, one. Daniel, Daniel Bellinger, one. So, Lewinsky right. and Neal were an f- absolute disaster. Disaster. Lewinsky had a 1.0 pass blocking grade from PFF. Neal, 25-7. He picked up right where he left off last year and just being just bad in pass blocking. I mean, this is not sustainable to have the right side of your line Pass, give up 17 pressures and both of those guys pass blocked for 49 pass blocking snaps. So you're talking about one guy went nine of 49, the other eight of 49 in terms of how often they're giving up pressures, not sustainable.
1: Well, and we, and we've also given up, we now have the, the, the first blue Tarski award, uh, which went to Lewinsky who got the PFF grade of 1.0, not quite as good as John Belucci's animal house uh, classic character who, as we all know, received a 0.0. 0. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: it's, it, it just uh, – that uh, it, you, really, uh, we knew that these line the line was going to be a question. And now going forward, I mean, John Michael Schmitz had a, some issues with the snap. He's a rookie. He's going to have issues. We knew the interior line was going to be a question, not just because of Schmitz, but because of the guards. There was a reason, clearly, that Glowinski was fighting for his job in training camp. Josh Azudu, they drafted him in third round last year, and he's not able to start – over Bredesen or like, quite frankly, Glowinski. Right. I mean, I think that they, why wouldn't they play him at right guard if they think he's their best right guard? Um, that's yeah, got he, he didn't really
1: run. He didn't really run much at right guard. I mean, whenever they did the right guard, left guard thing, it was always, oh, true. yeah. Going, going to right. And he's, and he, even last year, he only played left guard. And it seemed, I went back today and like, was looking at his, uh which, which I'll get to more in a minute, but looked at his college career and, even then, it seemed like he was always on the left side. Oh. And, of
0: course, if 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 they if he was good enough to be starting right now, and it's got to be disappointing that he's not, even though it doesn't doom his career, he would be the left guard and Bredesen would be the right guard. So yeah. they, they believe in Bredesen enough to start. Right. They believe in Glowinski enough to start. They clearly believe those are the two best right best guards, and I think that's an indictment currently on Josh Azuda, who he played 12 snaps. He was okay. Um, mop-up duty. Can't read too much into it, but... Um, yeah, I mean the, the the line is a disaster
1: right now. Yeah, it, it, it really is, uh, you know. And then we might as well get into this right now. It's a great segue to that. And now you got Andrew Thomas questionable. Uh, who's your best best offensive lineman? Maybe your best offensive player. Uh, you know, certainly from a, a status of being a second team All Pro last year, um, was the only guy on the All Pro, all pro team from the Giants. Uh, now he's got a hamstring issue that could keep him out of Saturday, Sunday's game against the, the Cardinals. Um, you know, and and oh yeah, the guy who replaced him has also got an undisclosed injury, Matt Pert. Pert, and you know, so, so and after that, if you look at their depth chart, they don't even have a third guy listed. Marcus McKeithen's listed as the third offensive tackle at right tackle, uh, but when when Pert went down on. Sunday, they went to Josh Azudu as a, as a third-left tackle. Uh, so uh, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a real uh, problem if Andrew Thomas can't play Sunday. I, it's
0: dire. I mean, honestly, it doesn't look like he can play. There's a report from ESPN uh, that it's not a serious injury, but he could miss some time. And we know how this goes. You know, uh, things get reported as not a serious hamstring injury. Guys out a month because these are lingering issues and you get it. Like I'm not, it's not a judge and judgment against the player It's a no. real hard injury to play with when you have to push off all the time. Yep.
1: Absolutely. Um, he, and he did. And he did play with it. I mean, who knows if he made it worse by playing, he played, you know, I think he had played 11 snaps at the point he did it. And then he played, um, you know, he ended up playing 53 snaps in the game. So he came out in the fourth quarter, but um, you know, he played with it for a long time. So, um that's 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 the story of the week for sure so they have to play a cardinal team on sunday
0: you had a stat earlier we were talking about how well they, they they didn't beat the the commanders right but they they did a pretty good job pressure wise they
1: they sacked Sam same house six times so um you know that's that's pretty good uh cowboys got to daniel jones seven um so it, you know the Cardinals obviously aren't a great team, especially without Kyler Murray ready to play yet. Um, but you know there's no there's no team in this league that's a pushover, uh, and the Cardinals were ahead in that game a, a long time before some bad turnovers late. Um, so they, you know, it's not like they're going there and it's going to be the Cardinals are going to say, oh yes, you're the Giants, you made the playoffs last year, please come beat us. You know, it's their home opener, so they're going to be motivated.
0: Yeah, and the Giants have a short week game at San Francisco after that. Of course, Nick Bosa is just insanely good, uh, and that could just be a big-time problem if if Andrew Thomas cannot play in either of those games. I mean, if he doesn't play in Arizona, like there's pretty much no way he's going to be playing in San Francisco. I think it's – You
1: wouldn't think, yeah.
0: So that you could rule him out for really two games, and now uh, the Giants have – if you go from the time of Sunday night's opener on the 10th of September to their – game against Seattle in week four on a Monday night. That's October the second one two. that's three weeks and a day. So that's a pretty decent recovery period. If he can maybe come back for that. But by that point, I mean, the giants are probably perhaps looking at one and two. I mean, the nightmare is Oh, and three and losing to one of the worst teams in the league and the Cardinals, but losing your left tackle opens the door for that nightmare possibility.
1: It sure does. It's a player. You don't, you know, you made a list of players. You didn't want to lose. He's, He'd easily be in the top five, probably the top three. Um, and, you know, I mean, the Giants
0: defense should be able to perform well against the Joshua Dobbs-led uh, Cardinal offense. Now, granted, the, the Cowboys scored short fields. They had a defensive touchdown. They had a special teams touchdown. And so uh, they, the Giants in that game, I would love to know. the last, So a team, they lost 40 to nothing, right? The team gave up 40 points. The defense did not give up all of those points. Right. I want to say the Giants allowed, and I'm going to look it up in terms of the yards they allowed. Now, you're not going to take solace in this because it's a 40 nothing loss. They allowed 265 yards. And at a certain point, the Cowboys were not trying to move the ball anymore. But the Giant defense did not – they were not great, certainly by any stretch. They, they got off easy,
1: really, because because yeah. the, so many things went wrong. Uh, so, the, yeah. they really got off easy. T- Tony Pollard only carried 14 times, but he ran for 70 yards, five yards a point. pop. Not great. Uh, you know – the as a team, they they had four point one. They ran for four point one yards a pop. Um, you know, Dak Prescott really didn't need to do anything spectacular and did not. Uh, it was thirteen for twenty four for one forty three. You know, but they didn't they didn't really have to go to their passing game. I mean, when you, when you look at it, so you've got a block field goal for a touchdown, an interception for a touchdown, and then another interception that results in a touchdown. Those are three plays right there. You give up twenty points. Uh, you don't give yourself a fighting chance when you do that. So if you can, if you're the Giants and you can eliminate those three things, which you're, you're obviously not going to face every week, you're going to have a much better chance of being in games. That said, you know the defense. You know you, you go look at the the first the Cowboys' first offensive series. Uh, it ended in a, a field goal, I believe. Um, yeah, it ended in a, in a field goal, but they went down the field and got to the Giants too before you know. So that was a point in the game where you kind of needed your defense to say, hey, you know, we're a mess right now in several ways, but we're going to we're going to um at least stand up and show you that you know, we we are here and we can, we we can do th- some things to affect this game too. And they didn't do that. They gave up I think I think they gave up touchdowns on each of their first two drives. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I'm um, kind of I'm like, uh, let's see. So, yeah. yeah. They gave up points on the, both of They gave up uh, two field goals on both the, both first two times they were on the field. Yep, that's and right. The, yep. And then a touchdown on the short field after the interception. So Yep, and that was
0: it. I mean, that was the game. Daniel Jones threw a terrible interception. I mean, granted, it was a great play by Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore, to scoop it off the turf. And that sealed the game. I mean, we don't need to get too much in the weeds of the game. But, I mean, just – we kind of covered all of the insane things that happened, the skip snap. Even Andrew Thomas had the false start, although that led to the block field goal. It was like a Yakety Sacks, Benny Hill uh, just chain of events. Um, and you look up the, you know, people know that song. Um, and so um, they play this way against the Cardinals. They're losing. I don't care how bad the Cardinals are. Um, and they're off. The Giants got to figure out, obviously, we, on their offensive line, right? So, like, go, going back to that, like, what the injury is one thing, but like, what, what do they do at guard? Are they, do you think a do? Well, well, I think they I think,
1: I think would consider, be- you know, you know, um, it, it, he did not hesitate last year to bench Kenny Galladay, not, not bench Kenny Galladay, but Kenny Galladay was his, you know, his number one receiver on opening day. He, he received, he played more snaps than anybody else last year. Didn't play particularly well. They won the game. Week two, Kenny Galladay kind of disappeared, and for the rest of the season, kind of disappeared. uh, You know, pretty much. And I I think Austin Clitro was another one who was a starter for week one. They looked at it, you know. And Dable said this yesterday. You know, we kind of look at that whether we win or lose. We look at we evaluate everything that's going on. And last year, after a win, he, you know, he wasn't afraid to make changes in that regard, and that that's the way it remained throughout the season. I mean, if you remember. Micah Micah, Micah McFadden played all 17 games. I think he was one of two defensive players to play all 17 games. Uh, It might've been the only one because they benched, not bench, but they sat the uh, starters in the last game, obviously. Uh, And then when we got to the playoffs, they had brought in Jarrett Davis. They weren't afraid to put him in and make, you know, make a change there in the playoffs. So it's, you know, not inconceivable that, Hey, after one game, we're going to look at something else because this, we can't have what we had in in game one and game two, so let's i mean let's assume Thomas is not playing um if
0: parrot can't play, I think they go with
1: Azul. Yeah. okay that so we know that what well, if- we don't know it for sure, but it's what yeah, a, we, yeah what we, a, i mean i do i guess they would have the option of trying to work McKe- McKeith and more at at left tackle during the week if they you know if they felt like that was a better option but I don't know. They obviously didn't feel that on Sunday.
0: And, and I don't think he's ever played in a regular season NFL game. Two, yeah.
1: two, two special team snaps Sunday were his debut. There you go. Uh,
0: and so I would think the likeliest scenario if Parrott and Thomas can't play is that Azudu is the left tackle and everything else remains the same. Let's say Parrott is able to play. Uh, he's the left tackle. What do they do at guard? Does Azudu play left guard and Bredesen move to right and Glowinski
1: bench? What do they do? I, I could see that being being that scenario, yes, for sure. After the game that Lewinsky had, uh, and it was said, as you know, said earlier, you know, it wasn't like they were enamored with what he did last year, which wasn't that bad, really. I mean, he was the starting right guard in every game for a team that went to the playoffs. So, um, you know, it, you wonder, um, and, you know, obviously he's not a great player, but he was, he graded out okay last year. I think he was in like the top, among the top 30 guards in PFF grades last year. Um, uh, and you, you wonder if it messes with a guy's head a little bit. Like, you know, I, I thought I was doing okay. And then I came to training camp and apparently they didn't think so. You know, you wonder if that messes with the guy's head a little bit.
0: Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's certainly possible. But, uh, you, know,
1: you gotta be, you, you have to be mentally t- tough enough to say, you know, especially in a game like this to say, Hey, you know what? I just got to prove it again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And he's been through it and you know, he's been in the league for uh, nine years now. So uh, we'll see how he responds. They need a response from him of some sort. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's probably what they wind up doing on the offensive line. Um you go sign Jason Peters, he's only on a practice squad right now.
1: <laughs> who's that? Jason Peters.
0: Yeah, they could scoop him up before Seattle puts him on their right. Seattle, isn't that who signed him on their active roster? I think uh, still, yeah.
1: and he's, little, only, he's only like 64.
0: <laughs> he's only 54. <laughs> Don't like that. How old is he now? Jason Peters, by the way, is uh he's, he's 41. He uh, he was born uh a few months before I was, so he was born early January, early in eighty two. So there you go. Uh one of the few maybe the one of the handful were only player in the NFL who's older than I am right now. So uh whose practice, who's practice squad are you on? Yeah, right. Uh so Lael Collins available. He got just got released off the uh practice squad, I think, by the uh the Bengals. Um they yeah, so they or, I'm sorry, just got released off the pup list. So I guess that means i don't know if that means he's healthy so there i don't i honestly don't know what what that means there so you know he's a he's a name uh player uh but yeah he's thirty you're talking about not it's not an ideal situation for what they could do with this offensive line and and i think uh, we talked about what they, where they have to get better defensively. Uh, one more thing, offensively. So the other injuries coming out of the game, where Graham Gano has some kind of leg injury. Uh, obviously, you don't want to lose your kicker. We'll see what that means. But they didn't didn't sign anybody, so maybe not a big deal there.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I I don't. As of right now, no, not a big deal. And you know, I, I'm I'm just looking to see, um, the, the practice squad, um. If that would be a, is there anybody on the practice squad right now that could be Jalen Thomas is on the practice squad. So I guess that's a possibility as well. He's the only tackle on the practice squad.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they, I mean, and they would probably elevate him as, as some kind of backup uh, in that situation if, if they had to. The other one to watch uh, injury-wise is uh, Darren Waller, who popped up late in the week uh, on Friday as a limited participant in practice um, with his hamstring injury. It's the same hamstring as last year, and he was very candid after the game. He did play, uh, and he didn't – you know, he was able to get through the game. Uh, this is obviously something they're going to have to manage, as if they didn't know that already. But, you know, he was listed as questionable, limited on Friday. Now he's got a short week of two games coming up in the span of whatever Sunday to Thursday is, four days, five whatever. And um, he said after the game it was a nerve issue, not a muscle issue in his hamstring, which I don't know enough about, like, how that works, but – um. To me, it's like that, that, that's something that maybe could be more nagging. I don't know. But, but either way, that's kind of what he, that is what he's dealing with in that same hamstring.
1: It's scary. Um, he obviously didn't have the kind of debut everybody was anticipating. Uh, not that that made him the Lone Ranger in this game. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it it's, it, it's got to be a little worrisome that this happened as as they're about ready to get into the season, and he's saying it's the same thing that that bothered him last year. Uh, He's obviously uh, vital to what they want to try to do, and, you know, again, if you're making a list of the players you don't want to lose, he's in the top five. So that is something they'll have to manage um, against a, a
0: Cardinal defense that, you know, Sam Howell, did not have a great game. Um, they, they did a pretty good job against him, but you know you're talking about a little bit different than a more established quarterback like Daniel Jones. Uh, Cardinals lost the game twenty to sixteen. Uh, Dobbs was what you know. I, I the, the, the guy. The bottom line is the, the Giants are not giving up losing forty to nothing with the Cardinals, and I think uh, they're probably not beating the Cardinals forty to nothing either, quite frankly, or, or even close to it. I think this will be a closer game than people expect. We'll get to our pick later on, but. Um, I think the, the, there's a lot of concerns, not just with how how this team performed. They didn't look. I think we're drilling down on a lot of these like depth chart things, but like very broadly, they they didn't look better to ready to play. They didn't look ready to play. So, I mean, is that in your mind on Brian Dable?
1: Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, um, yeah, you know, I do I do go back to the the, the the I mean they it was two really freaky plays. You know the the, the second the, the second inter- the first interception is obviously not Daniel Jones' fault. He gets it's Barkley and he gets a big hit uh, and, it, and it becomes a touchdown. The, the field goal uh, and if you go back and look at the field goal, it looks it actually it looks like that is Josh Azudu's fault because you know I, I, I'm pretty sure they always teach you to uh, block inside out on a, if you're blocking a field goal and he appeared to do it opposite, like went after the guy on the outside and allowed allowed uh Thomas to come inside and block the field goal. Good point. Uh, but um he uh I'm sorry, I lost the train of thought there for a second. Uh we're talking about uh, um
0: no with with the um with all the things that went wrong. I mean how much oh,
1: yeah. the no, I mean, Tennessee's been hey, coaching, right? Um yeah. Oh you were, you were asking me about Dable and how much yeah, he, yeah. Dable to blame. Yeah I, and I just think those three plays are so Vital to this, but then, you you know, you just go back and the way they responded to adversity was just not good. And that's always a reflection on the coach. You know, you're supposed to you're supposed to keep your composure, you know, and and this especially happens almost all the time on the road, uh, especially in a big game. And it's going to certainly happen in San Francisco. You have to um, stem the tide at the start of a game on the road because. You know, there's the emotion for a home team. It's just, it's always there. The adrenaline there is always more for the home team. I just watched those types of games so many times. And in this game, the the Giants had all that adrenaline. It went away. And then they just never recovered from it. And Dave will actually kind of alluded to this uh, on Monday saying, you know, it was my my job to like kind of figure out a way to get us to stop that, to settle down and stop that. and, And I didn't do it. Uh, And he's right. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to say, no, this wasn't your fault, Brian Dable, because, you know, you're the head coach 40 to nothing. That's that it's your name that goes on that record.
0: (laughs) And and owning it (laughs) is one thing, fixing it is another. You had a great we had a good conversation earlier when we were talking about um, maybe some of the lessons that Brian Dable has learned from not just about like thriving from Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. And Bill will mention Belichick in particular here in a moment. Uh, but how to handle uh, a situation like this. So what did you kind of, uh, and you write about this later in the week, but like uh, just kind of give people a little bit of a taste of what what
1: exactly that it is. Mabel certainly had some coaching lessons in in how to deal with, uh, you know, things look grim. How do you recover from this? Uh, One of my favorite examples was the, the 2003 uh, Patriots, uh, who weren't yet the dynasty Patriots. They'd won one Super Bowl. the following year. They didn't go, go to the playoffs. And then, you know, this is now Belichick's fourth year. And it starts with, with him cutting, um, lawyer Malloy to, a week before the season, because lawyer Malloy, who had four years left on his contract, uh, wouldn't take a pay cut. And it, it really angered the players, um, apparently uh, read more about it later. I didn't really get into this. I'm not going to get too much in the story, in the story itself, but um, Tom Jackson, before their second game against the Eagles that on that Sunday show, you know, the Sunday pregame show um, said the Patriots hate their coach. And apparently Belichick for years wouldn't speak to Tom Jackson about that, but he, so he, you know, he basically said they hate their coach and that was the, that was a popular sentiment that they, you know, the the Patriots were turning on their coach. And then the Patriots proceeded to go out, beat the Eagles 31 to, I think, 31 to 10. It wasn't that close. I was at the game. Uh, and then they proceeded to go 14 and 2 uh, and win, win the Super Bowl against the Panthers and then win another Super Bowl the next year. And at that point, they were a dynasty. And Belichick continued to do those types of things throughout the year, but also continued You know, anytime it looked really bad for the Patriots, uh, you know, I think I forget exactly what year it was, but I think they went on to win the Super Bowl after losing by, like, early season. Uh, I think it was the year that Brady was suspended for the four games. Um, They lost 41-17 to the Chiefs, and and that game might have been in New England. I'm not sure, but they rebounded from that. So, you know, he watched all that all those years. He also watched uh, Nick Saban lose the Iron Bowl and the only year is at Alabama and then turn around and win a national championship a month later by winning by beating Clemson and Georgia uh in back to back games and, and benching the quarterback, although there's some people I guess think that Dable was responsible. And, you know, those are those are what great coaches, legendary coaches do. They the worst of times, they figure out how to get past them, uh, and make them footnotes in a season. Um the the one thing I will say is that Dable had a, you know, I'm not sure it was this big a moment, but it was a pretty big moment last year when they started seven and two and then went three and one with the, the last of those four games being a, a route that looked very similar to Sunday night's route against the Eagles at home. They got crushed and had to go to, de- uh, to play the Reds or the Redskins, the, the commanders the following week who had a bye and who had played the Giants in their previous game and tied them. And, and I I wasn't at the game, but I think, you know, looking at it, it looked like the the commanders might've outplayed the giants in that 20 to 20 game at home. Um, But the giants went down there and won their biggest game of the year to set up their getting into the playoffs two weeks later. So that was an indication that he can handle these types of things, but now he's got another one in front of him. where, Hey, what are you going to show us now? For
0: sure, uh, and if remember, if, if they had missed the playoffs last year after a 7-2 and two start, 6-1 and one and 7-2 and two start, everyone would have been crushing him for putting a Dory Jackson back on a punt return against the Lions, and, and they lost that game. That was the first or four straight games that they did not win. They had three losses and a tie. So he did respond to adversity. He's seen uh, two of his great mentors respond to adversity, and now it's about an early response to adversity for a team that does not have a lot of wiggle room. I mean, we talked about it going into this game. An early tipping point game because of a, the way the schedule unfolds. Because uh, the, there, if they beat the Cowboys, there's a possibility that they start two and zero. Maybe that gives them wiggle room to lose in San Francisco two and one. They're two and one going in, into the long break before the Seattle game Monday night. Uh, and then you got my at Miami at Buffalo weeks five and six. Now they're staring down the possibility of one and two going into Seattle into the Seattle game at home on Monday night the October the second. Uh, with Miami and Buffalo trips looming after that. Um, so this they could not – I'm not going to say they couldn't afford to lose to the Cowboys, but it just loomed as an early tipping point game. They didn't win it, and um, now they have to try to dig out of it. Well, I, I, will, I will say they can't afford to lose to the Cardinals. <laughs> um, that is that is for sure. Um, I, I, before we get into the pick uh, of this one, I, I just want to – like big picture-wise – the Giants can't, you know, just continue to struggle to beat the Eagles and the Cowboys. Just continue to not beat the Eagles and the Cowboys. Let's be honest; they're not they're not winning against them. Um, and so, Dable is now what zero and six, including the playoffs, against the Eagles and the Cowboys. And we all know about the grim numbers going back even more years against both of those teams. But um, how? So that game on Sunday, everyone's going to look at it and say, and rightfully so. Uh this team is not close to being a legit contender. Yeah, maybe they're a team that's a nice team that's gonna maybe win one playoff game like they did. They're not ready to take the next step. Uh and you know, Darren Waller said for the game, even though he wasn't here last year, um yeah, we've given the people we've given people the ammo to say that until we prove them otherwise. Where where do you fall on where this what this means? Big picture for, for the Giants.
1: Yeah, not good. Not not good at all. Um, you know, I really felt like this was an improved team, um, and I did I did feel this too. Like I felt that it was a, and I still think this is it's a better roster this year than it was last year. Oh yeah, and and but as I wrote in the prediction column, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to have a better record because the the schedule's tougher, um, you know, and we're, we're seeing that now, um, but. It's, you know yeah it's there's, there's there's just no way you can say hey oh yeah they're closing ground on the cowboys uh you know th- their defense really stood out you know n- neither side of the ball did anything special teams had the biggest uh blunder of the game that triggered the whole snowball down the hill uh you know so yeah there. i mean there's no reason right now to, to say hey they've made up ground on those teams and they, and there won't be until they can beat one of them. That's that's the, the next time you can say it when they beat either the Eagles or Cowboys. You say, "Hey, you know what? It's it's all going in the right direction now." And they and, do not play either of those teams against Week Ten in Dallas, November the twelfth,
0: and then Week Sixteen right. and Eighteen against the Eagles.
1: Right, and they may. I mean, obviously they because they went one five and one in the division last year. Um, or no? Oh, yeah, one five and one. Uh, you know, they they uh four and one, won, won four and, one and then yeah, one four and one in division, um, but and then one five one against division teams after the playoff loss to the Eagles. But because they did that, they had to make hay against other teams, which they did, you know. So now you're playing some, you're playing the three, free, three straight NFC West teams, um, so. Uh, and I'm not sure that's a great thing because the NFC West doesn't stink, um, you know. Although Seattle li- had a stinker on opening day too, much like the Giants. Um, but you know, when you don't beat your own division, you better be beating up the rest of the the, the rest of the NFC N- and yeah. AFC.
0: Yeah, and then four straight really tough games after this Cardinal game: San Francisco, Seattle, Miami, Buffalo. Three of those are on the road. We know, I mean, so this is a, just a gauntlet coming up. And then they play the Commanders at home, and then they get the Jets. But so who knows where this giant team is going to be, like in Week Eight, let alone week, week Week Ten? When you talk about Jets in Week Eight at the Cowboys in Week Ten, so right. This- you, and, you, and you do.
1: You, I'm going to go back to your question for a second about you know what's this big picture thing here? And you mentioned the Commanders, and you and you kind of like go over. Oh well, and then just the Commanders at home. But if you really think about big picture and the Giants last year. They were a lot closer to the commanders than they were to the Eagles or Cowboys. uh, And that still may be the case.
0: This is an enormous stretch ahead. And I think we're going to know a lot more about this team by say on the morning of October the 16th, after they play their sixth game at the bills the night before on Sunday night, um, how this team responded because it could be in a pretty significant hole at that point, given the gauntlet ahead and given the injuries on their line and how they're going to have to try to dig out of this. Uh, granted, just one game, it certainly feels like more adversity than that, but I think it should because of what's ahead and the schedule. And obviously the giants are not concerning themselves with the big picture of like legit contender and all that. So, but, but bottom line is they have to take care of answering that question. Uh, you know,
1: Another question, Daryl, I think is, um, that, that, that maybe just got overshadowed because of the, just of the whole ugliness. But how concerned should we be about Daniel Jones after that game? You know, he, yeah, after you know, giving people reason to, um, you know, be optimistic about what he, he was and can be, um, he just that was not a good performance by him Sunday
0: night at all. Yeah just looking up the box score and a video popped up, but 15 to 28, one Oh four, no touchdowns, two picks a 32, four quarterback rating. Uh, just bad. I mean, I know he, he you know, the Saquon Barkley pick or the drop, it was a drop by Barkley. And so that wasn't, that wasn't Jones's fault. Right. Um, but in terms of, you know, the other things he, he did not do pretty much anything. Well, that was actually, uh, I don't know how this got lost in the shuffle. This is the worst quarterback rating of his career. Um, oh. Second worst was in his rookie year, 35-2 against the Patriots in New England. They lost that game 35-14. Um, the worst quarterback rating of his career. Even worse than – and he had a 53-8 in Philadelphia in the divisional round loss. Um, uh, so, yeah. And granted, last year he had a 153-3 against Houston. Uh, so we know he has it in him. But um, in, in by at least one measure coming off the worst game of his career, short week. And has got to go uh, against a, a hungry Cardinals team, but certainly a game that everyone's looking at and saying like, got to win, you got to win, you got to win. Even if, if it gives them a little wiggle room, if they don't win, I think if one and two start is not the end of the world, but if they go all and two, then they're going into San Francisco and no one's going to be talking about how there's an opportunity for the giants to win and prove themselves to be legit. Like, so they beat the Cad, beating the Cowboys and beat the Cardinals, everyone's looking at that game saying, wow, this is another measuring stick. Giants can prove they're like ready to take the next step. And I think, you know, there are games before they play the Cowboys and Eagles again where they can prove that they're like a legit contender. Um, but now this now everything kind of flips um, either it becomes it becomes a desperation game on Thursday night in San Francisco against a super talented and tough opponent if they lose Sunday. And I and I think it's obviously still important even if they win. Because um, one and two, you don't want to start one and two. It's not the end of the world. Um, you can certainly overcome that. But 0 and 3 would be absolutely disastrous considering the schedule ahead. So that is a prove it game in some ways in week three next Thursday night. Um, and for Jones going against that 49er defense, I mean, man, if if, if he, if the Cowboys have really a really good defense, obviously, but like 32 4, what is that going to look like, his rating, if he plays like that and the line plays like that when coming out of that game at suburban San Jose?
1: Yeah, and the it it will um, the sky will be falling. (laughs) The sky will be falling over the entire big, large area that Giants fans uh, inhabit in the North Jersey, New York, Long Island, Connecticut. However, wherever you want to go, people are going to be. uh, They might be lining up on the GW Bridge. (laughs) We said it all along.
0: Like this was this schedule. Even though the roster is better, the schedule is so much harder, and the way the schedule falls is really hard. Seven of the first eleven on the road. uh, I've been saying it: six of the first ten, seven of the first eleven on the road. This it it lends itself to a regression in terms of the results, in terms of the results, which is what matters. So now, again, one loss was a terrible loss. We mentioned worst home loss in eighty years, but um, it's not. It's still one loss, but um, it just feels like so much more and. I think a lot of giant fans are wondering like, can they answer and can they avoid this regression? And so um, since we covered pretty much everything, you wanted to do a pick now? Let's do a pick.
1: Let's what do pick. it. I am going uh, I'm so much of this. Uh, I, I wish we could wait until find out whether Andrew Thomas is, gonna, is going to play or not. Yeah. Mine um, may change by the end of the week, but we'll just but, do. We're- but we're not going to know till Friday. Um and I'm just going to, even if he doesn't play, I'm going to say that the Giants figure out a way to win this game. Uh, let's say 23 to 19. That, that, I'm going to say their defense 23-17. I'm going to say their defense really stands up and um, plays a much better game uh, to win to to help the, win this one. Maybe get a maybe get a turnover, a short field, and get a, some touchdowns that way
0: yeah, this will not be a high scoring game. Uh, it doesn't look like Andrew Thomas is going to play. And I would, I'm just assuming here when I'm doing this, that he's not going to play. I'll say 24 to 14 for the giants. The, the Cardinals are really limited offensively. Um, and the, I think the Giants defense should be able to, to do their part and they have to do their part. If, if, if Andrew Thomas is not in there. Um, now it's not like you are losing your quarterback, but it's a pretty big loss. So, um, I think that will limit what the giants are able to do offensively. i think It won't matter necessarily because of how limited the Cardinals are, and I think the Giants' defense answers the bell. 24 14 Giants, they get back to one and one. I don't see it going well for them in week three in San Francisco, but we will get to that next week. So, um, yeah, no, anything else to add from you from your end here as we digest what was two crazy, crazy days in New York football?
1: I think that's it. I think we covered it all. We, we covered a little Jets there at the beginning, we covered uh, lots of giants. And now we, now we get to week two, see what happens here. We will have a little more on the injuries tomorrow. So,
0: uh, certainly a lot more because I'll put the injury report out. and uh, we'll know where things stand a little bit in terms of practice participation, um, and have a bit of an eye toward the game. I think by Thursday we'll have a better feel for who will play again. I don't think injured Thomas plays, but, uh, as usual, be sure to like check us out on NJ.com slash giants. And like, rate, review, subscribe here on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And we appreciate everybody reading. I know it was uh, probably not fun to read a lot of the coverage coming out of Sunday night. But hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you saw a giant team and got the pulse of a team that uh, is trying to figure this out. And let's see if they do. So we'll talk to you guys probably around this time next week, uh, or if not, maybe, maybe Monday coming out of that game as we look forward, look ahead to the San Francisco game and a huge week out west coming up for the Giants who will stay out there in Arizona practice before going to San Francisco, well, suburban San Jose. We'll catch up with you guys next week. Everyone enjoy the rest of your week and enjoy the game on Sunday.